Stop. Flyover Politic Podcast, the show for normal Americans. From this undisclosed bunker, here's your host, Tony Reed. Protesters on the steps of the High Court today. Tonight, new reaction pouring into this ruling, and is this a sign of an ideological shift on the court? The administration argued it was crystal clear the travel ban did not target Muslims, pointing to what the president himself told David. Who are we talking about? Is this the Muslim ban? We're talking about, no, it's not the Muslim ban, but it's countries that have tremendous terror. But the liberals on the court called that a sham. Justice Sonia Sotomayor, her voice filled with fury in court today, declaring, this new window dressing cannot conceal an unassailable fact. The words of the president and his advisors create the strong perception that the ban is contaminated by impermissible bias against Islam and its followers. But Sotomayor was outnumbered today, and President Trump was handed his first major Supreme Court victory, which he clearly enjoyed. Mr. Trump reveling in a rare judicial win, but on Capitol Hill, Democrats bashing the decision as disappointing. I say, who's going to be next? Is the president going to issue an executive order against Mexicans? Keith Ellison, the first Muslim in Congress, warning the ruling should make all Americans nervous. What they've said is, as long as the president invokes national security, he has carte blanche to do whatever he wants to anybody. Jan, there is some other uh, very big Supreme Court speculation tonight. I want to ask you about that now. Anthony Kennedy, uh, long a swing vote, critical swing vote on the court from here in California, Sacramento. There is talk about him retiring. What are your sources telling you? Well, I mean, Justice Kennedy has said privately that he's considering retirement, but the question is when. And even those who are closest to him tell me they don't know what he's going to do. In fact, they're kind of boldly predicting, as they put it, that it's 50-50. He is 81 years old. He's been on the court since President Reagan nominated him 30 years ago. And he is pretty much a key swing vote, as you said. Uh, he's kind of got a, a libertarian streak, so he'll sometimes side with liberals on social issues like gay rights. But with Republicans in control, of the Senate. If he were to retire, his successor would keep the court solidly to the right for years to come. And welcome back to Flyover Politics Podcast. It is the 3rd of July, year of our Lord, 2018. <sighs> SCOTUS. Going to start the show with SCOTUS. I was going to play some protesting sounds, but do you really need to hear it? It's the same things. Uh, Representative David Bratt, Wax Lion Liberal Media on hundreds protesting in his office. Not true. Local media inflated. It was all about SCOTUS. It was all about this. Because the travel ban was upheld 5-4 to four in the Supreme Court. Keith Ellison jumped out. U.S. Supreme Court just ratified Trump's total and complete shutdown of Muslim entry. It's a total fucking lie. Matt Yaglazy, the theft of Merrick Garland, Supreme Court seat is legitimately the greatest heist in world history. <laughs> Which brings us articles like this. Reminder, the left only seems to support the Supreme Court when it rules in favor of their ideas. 
of what is and what isn't constitutional. Jack Markinson, a reminder the Supreme Court has been a reactionary impediment to progress in America. Splinter, this is just the beginning with Roe v. Wade being freaked out. <clears throat> Their article goes, do you think that being asked to leave a restaurant or having your meal interrupted or being called by a public is bad? My fascism-enabling friend, this is only the beginning. So what's next for those they deem fascist? Warning for graphic language. Read a fucking history book. Read a recent history book. The U.S. had thousands of domestic bombings per year. And he goes on to say, we need to domestically bomb because of the Supreme Court. Yeah. Then there's this, think progress. Uh, Ian Milheiser, like Eric Thurm, for instance, he's apparently a writer who's written stuff for Esquire and Rolling Stones, among other publications. And he's also the founder, producer, and host of Drunk Education. Still ringing a bell? Not ringing a bell? That's okay. He's important enough for a blue check mark. And now you'll also know him as a guy who eagerly anticipated Justice Neil Gorsh's death. Gorsh's eventual death should be celebrated as a national holiday. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, that's pretty fucking horrible. Milheiser, abolish SCOTUS. Ben Rose, the breaking down in civility in our politics occur when a sitting president couldn't even get a hearing for Gorsh. Linda Sassauer goes out with the lie. Sitting at my daughter's high school graduation in tears, I have to tell my daughter, who has been asking me for updates, that SCOTUS upheld the Muslim and refugee ban, that they decided on a side of ex- xenophobia and racism. Devastating. Somebody asked, your kids graduating at the end of June, beginning of July? Really? Hmm. In dissent, Sotomayor called Trump's travel ban contaminated by impermissible discriminatory animus of their interpretations of what he said on the campaign trail. But that wasn't the only one to get them freaked out. SCOTUS rules against public sector unions. Now, this is huge for them, and it's still continuing as we talk right now. It is still going strong, because that's going to be a major impediment for the Democratic war chest. So they force people to pay, even if they're not members of the union, they have to pay dues. Those dues are then handed to the Democratic National Committee, or local Democrats. That's, you know, watch the West Wing, and you'll see a symposium on what unions are for the Democratic Party. And this one hurt them. Hurt them bad. The media played it down because they didn't want to really give up the ghost on it. So instead of really talking about it, stuff like this. Abortion providers have less First Amendment rights than abortion opponents, per the Supreme Court. And another ruling that had nothing to do with any of that. And Roe v. Wade will be heard from now until the midterms. You will hear Roe v. Wade. They're going to overturn Roe. Roe, you're not going to be able to get an abortion. You're going to have to go in an alley and use Coke bottle. Ah. Then this happened. Anthony Kennedy's retiring. Matthew Kay sums it up literally in tears. 
haven't felt this hopeless in a long time. With Justice Kennedy leaving, we now have two options as Americans. Get fitted for your Nazi uniform or report directly to your death camp. How do you fight the darkness without light? My spark is going out. Curtis Cook, I wish this Kennedy had been shot instead of other ones. They're attacking Kennedy for retiring. Slate, Anthony Kennedy just destroyed his legacy as a gay rights hero. Joseph Stern writes, court watchers have long wondered what part of Kennedy's legacy the justice himself was most interested in preserving. Would he wish to save Citizens United, allowing unlimited corporate electioneering and other landmark conservative rulings favoring federalism, gun rights, Republicans? Or would he rather safeguard same-sex marriage cases, Oberfeld, and its predecessor by retiring under a Democratic president guaranteed to replace him with a gay-friendly justice? Gay-friendly. Splinter! Fuck, fuck, fuck! 35 times. That's um, their headline. Daily Coast! Lauren Clausen, America's screwed even more than it ever was. Comedy Center's Twitter Twitter page uh, also broke the news in melodramatic fashion. It posted a picture of the word supremely fucked. Thanks, Justice Kennedy. The Daily Beast posted this version of Breaking Story on Twitter, claiming in the caption, the judicial apocalypse is here. Bet Midler Every single institution or agency or government is being dismantled by this administration. Congress gone. SCOTUS gone. The executive branch. The hands of a madman. The FBI. DOE. EPA. And you thought it couldn't happen here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Will Wheaton. We had a good run, America. Get ready for a generation of regressive corporate nationalist rule. Share. Supreme Court will take away our rights. Some Americans could find themselves in internment camps. Jeffrey Wright from the West World, Democrats need to show some and fight. What's the Constitution say about a president who's under criminal investigation for conspiracy against the country? Uh, not guilty, because you haven't found anything. Reiner freaked out. Billy Eichel, Cal Pan, Linda Sassauer, Kevin McHale, the Glee actor, Laverne Cox, Liz Winshead, Don Cheadle. Then Planned Parenthood went all in. With Kennedy's retirement, the right to access abortion in this country is on the line. Don't take our word for it. Anti-abortion groups are explicitly saying this seat is a moment to overturn Roe. This is what's at stake. And they make no mistake. We won't let POTUS, the Senate Majority Leader, get their way with without one hell of a fight. We control our bodies. Access to safe and legal abortion should not be able to debate, up for debate, period. Body autonomy. And she linked... To this soundbite, which every liberal in the world was playing on Twitter. I'm pro-life. I didn't get this in an email or anything. But they found it and lost their ever-loving mind. If there ever were a time to believe that we will abolish abortion in our lifetime, it is right now. Every moment comes once, and no moment is ever the same. Some are small, but others will come to define the course of your life. When you know the meaning of that one moment, without a doubt, you pour your whole heart into it. For more than 25 years, the Supreme Court has had four pro-life justices and four pro-abortion justices, with Justice Anthony Kennedy in the middle. Sometimes on the right side, but the majority of the time on the wrong side. He's truly been the swing vote. 
With his retirement, a pro-life majority on the Supreme Court is in our reach. In fact, this is the closest we have ever been to overturning Roe v. Wade and Doe v. Bolton and bringing the question of abortion back to each state. This all begins with the retirement of Justice Kennedy. If there were ever a time to believe that we will abolish abortion in our lifetime, it is right now. It is this moment. We were told that a child in the womb doesn't have a value equal to you and me. For more than 40 years, we have worked tirelessly to prove that pre-born life has value. Right now, this is the moment we've been waiting for. This is the moment millions of lives depend on. This is the moment where we stand united for them, their mothers and their families. Join us and take action by signing up to be part of our pro-life justice team. Call the president and tell him we expect him to uphold his promise of appointing only a pro-life Supreme Court justice. And call your senators to demand that they confirm President Trump's pro-life nominee no matter what. What more have you been waiting for? This is our moment. They are freaking out. Uh, Litany guy, so who do you, what do you care? It's only 3% of your business, you'll be fine, was a reply to Planned Parenthood. Jessica Valentine, you better prepare for Roe to be on the chopping block. If Roe is overturned, abortion will be illegal in 24 states, likely more. Daily Beast, uh, Justice Kenny retirement has sparked a push to get IUDs. Well, that's good. Maybe we should do birth control instead of abortion as birth control, the world said, because I don't understand it. Um, and then another person said, in less than five hours, there's a rush to get IEDs. I'm not sure you've ever visited Earth 1. Another one, ladies, while contraception is a personal choice for women who are not planning to have children for some time, I recommend you get an IED, like now. Bethany Mandel, Wiz Wheeler, everybody went crazy. So bad, Ben Shapiro said, new Democratic slogan, kill babies, not Roe. And... That's true. But when you, all you have is media like this, the U.S. is now ranked among the ten nations considered to be the most dangerous for women, experts say. A bogus poll, totally debunked, not scientific. Everybody read it this week, and women believe it. These far-right, far-left feminists believe, oh, America's horrible. So... Gonna play a SCOTUS thing. MSNBC is featured here like 10,000. 10 guests in 90 minutes, gnashing teeth using Nazi. Matthew's losing it. And a bunch of lack of civility. So, enjoy. I know Matt Miller is eager to jump into the conversation here, Matt. Just because the court has found it's legally justified doesn't mean the administration has been telling the truth about this. MSNBC legal analyst Lisa Green is joining the conversation now. And Lisa, speak to that point a bit. We're not done with constitutional challenges to immigration policy. I want to bring in, I believe we have legal learned, the deputy director of the National Immigrants' Rights Project. It's obviously very bad. We're very disappointed. I think this opinion will go down historically as as something that the country regrets. Let me get over to Cory Booker, who I believe is speaking in the hallways live now uh, over in the Capitol. 
we are not a nation of tyranny because the president has tried multiple times. So sorry to interrupt you, Pete. We have sure. the, the, the senator from Hawaii, Maisie Hirono, speaking now. Let's listen. Is that um, the president can pretty much do whatever he wants to discriminate against groups of people. Pete Williams was outside the court when this happened. Legal analyst Lisa Green joins us as well. Uh, Omar Jadwat is uh, joining us. He is the director of the ACLU Immigrants Rights Project. In terms of wins and losses, it's first of all a loss for the Constitution. Joining me now is Neil Katyal. He's a former acting solicitor general who argued before the Supreme Court on behalf of Hawaii. Have Doug Chin join me now. He is uh, Hawaii's former attorney general. He's now the state's lieutenant governor. I heard today for Hawaii families as well as others around the country who experienced discrimination and scapegoating due to President Trump's bullying remarks and orders. You can imagine a hypothetical. Imagine if Merrick Garland were on the Supreme Court and not Neil Gorsuch. Would this decision have turned out the same way? And we'll never know the answer. Uh, last one before I have to let you go here, Congresswoman. Do you blame or what's your Mitch McConnell at all, uh, given his his, for example, touting today, his campaign at least, that he was able to help get Justice Neil Gorsuch on the court and Justice Gorsuch obviously voting to uphold, in essence, the administration's travel ban? You now see Mitch McConnell taking credit because he held this seat open, he stole it from President Obama, and now he has upheld the, the, the eventual successor of the president's Muslim ban. Congratulations to Mitch McConnell. That's apparently what you wanted. They've done it again. The usual suspects, the five-man Republican majority on the Supreme Court today, gave President Trump what he wanted most, the good housekeeping seal on his campaign to divide the country. In approving his travel ban, crudely aimed at Muslims, the Republican-controlled highest court has shined up the entire Trump offensive on Muslims, Latinos, and let's not kid ourselves, Democrats. First, this Supreme Court gave us W by ending the Florida recount in 2000. Then it gave us guns for everyone in the Heller case. Then with Citizens United, new power for the wealthy to drive our elections. And today, it's Trump to do what he wants in targeting Muslims. Good evening, I'm Chris Matthews down in Washington. As I said, Donald Trump's dark brand of politics received the Supreme Court's seal of approval today. It was a five-person Republican majority that intervened in the electoral process to give us the presidency of George W. Bush. They stopped the Florida recount with a vote of their own, five to four, for the Republican presidential candidate. Oh, how they're full of surprises. Then the five to four Republican Supreme Court trashed the wording of the Constitution about arms being needed for militias to say that the Second Amendment meant that any individual had a right to a gun of any size, bullets firing at any speed, mounted with a lifetime supply of ammo. Another bullseye gift, this time to the Republican-allied National Rifle Association. And then news broke today that the usual five suspects on the Supreme Court, this time with Neil Gorsuch as the newest member, awarded Donald Trump what he most wanted, a slap on the back, a loud cheer from the high bench. Good work, Mr. President. That travel ban of yours is a dandy. Keep up the good work. So as you heard there, MSDNC takes us into our... Last segment, which was our last podcast, which is basically how the right is being persecuted for being conservative and public by businesses, crazy fucking millennial protesters, etc. So MSDNC, violence and harassment is good because genocide or something. But the only genocide is PPFA, if you really look at it, but whatever. Schmidt, again, goes all in about a good team player, America sucks. MSNDNC again, talking head Jordan Sanders saying members of the administration deserve harassment. And then, 
so extreme was Maxine Waters that she went back on TV to apologize, kind of, and cry how she's having death threats that nobody could confirm, and yada, yada, yada. So CNN brings somebody out to say, Pelosi and Schumer, you're racist because you're not defending a representative calling for civil disobedience. Point is very simple. I demand that people stop requiring Congresswoman Waters to behave in one way while everybody else can do something else. Nancy Pelosi says, make, let's make America beautiful again. Whose America is she talking about? Steve at the beginning of this program said, this isn't America, this isn't what, what America are you talking about? Childish Gambino artfully told you what America is and what it looks like. Let's deal with the distinct that we all see because some of us see a very different America. The fact that Chuck Schumer called what a black woman's un-American is problematic and this is the reason Democrats but have a hard time reuniting the base. Can you not say that just because the of the color of her skin? It has everything What's... to do with the fact that this black woman is intimidating to some people who can't handle the truth. That's what it has. It has everything it to, has do it. to do with it. So it has what nothing you saying, to do with it. So what are you saying? Donald Trump responded. What would you wish for, Max? He, Donald Trump responded the, the, to that. Come on, Aaron. There's there's time and time again we kill Donald Trump's tweets. He's intimidated by Jamel Hill. He's intimidated by Frederica Wilson. He's intimidated by Maxine Waters. Overwhelmingly and disproportionately so, it has everything to do with race. And, and, and that is why well, I this. find Chuck as, Schumer's as, as, as comments deplorable and offensive. It's un-American why. Okay. It's un-American why. Because what as, America as are it, you talking about? This is America of lynch mobs, too. Like, let's be very clear. And as, she didn't call for right. Donald Trump did. Steve, I'll give you the, the last words. Angela had the first as an hispanic and as a minority i say that donald trump uh not only has our best best interests at hearts uh, but has absolutely zero zero semblance of racism in his um <laughs> and i will tell so you this sad. too the idea that we, we don't fight if, if the fight is about policy which i'd like it to be the way that we fight on policy is through words is through persuasion it's not through mob rule it's not through thuggery and that's what we've seen lately and by but, the way particularly targeted against women who support donald trump which i find very interesting so a lot of thuggery where people show up thuggery. intimidate harass menace that's right. not persuasion let's 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 negotiate in the public square through our words you know it's, it's something we tell little children right yeah Everything's racist. So Time Magazine cover part two, the little girl mom in the Matto video that was played this week. She was in Virginia. There was a second one that was found to be living in Miami, and it was false, but it became a viral video on the left. I'm not going to play it. Viral. So we're still getting fake shit. CNN finally stealth edits their article, all right? 12 days after the discovery that the girl was never in custody. 12 days. And Seltzer defends it to Dana Loesch, which I just was like, oh my God, you, you just suck. Then the girl that said, fuck you, congressional intern who yelled Mr. President, fuck you, at Trump last week across the rotunda, identified as 21-year-old Caitlin Marriott, works for Dem New Hampshire Senator Maggie Hassan, not terminated she got suspended for a week loses capital pass restricted to working in hassan's office in the heart building the entire world said you know uh that that's it under obama they they would have been taken out back and shot in the fucking face shot in the face so she was interviewed Question, why do you decide to leave level a one-week suspension on the intern and shouted out the president? 
Hassan. Her behavior violated the standard of office about appropriate conduct. We suspended her for a week, and we took away the badge that allows her to travel freely in the Capitol complex, which means that she will be highly restricted for the remainder of her internship. I think it's really important to understand that this behavior shouldn't be equated with the president's destructive and divisive actions, like ripping health care away from people by falling, failing to protect pre-existing conditions, going out, gutting the ACA, like separating children from the parents at the southern border. And this young woman immediately accepted responsibilities for action is facing consequences for them. The president's doing neither. The next question from the press. What do you say to those who say she should have been fired? I would point them to the fact that she has been held accountable for actions, that she took full responsibility, and that's an example I wish our president would do. So even when they're caught, it's still Trump's fault. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. Mark Lunchman kind of puts us to the, to the status quo here of what a normal person thinks. So Democrats think public service could be kicked out of a restaurant. But illegal aliens can't be kicked out of the country. And that's true. And it's gotten so bad. I'm going to play another montage in a second. Gotten so bad that they put Secret Service, all right, Secret Service protection for Sarah Sanders. It's never happened, ever. Ever. And during this how-many-day break we took, McConnell, Cho, EPA head, and Rand Paul were all harassed by little millennial brainwashed dumbasses in public, and the media turned their head away. The Capitol Hill Police uh, issued an arrest warrant. Uh, this man had threatened to kill me and chopper uh, my family with an axe. So, I mean, it's just horrific that we're having to deal with things like this. And uh, that on top of, you know, being attacked personally, having very serious, uh, life-threatening, basically attacked on my person, and then being shot at a, a year where it's becoming more and more, you know, that we have these... Um, I just wanted to urge you to resign um, because of what you're doing to the environment in our country. This is my son. He loves animals. He loves clean air. He loves clean water. Meanwhile, you're slashing strong business standards for cars and trucks for the benefits of big corporations. Uh, you've been paying about 50 bucks a night to say that you see that's connected to an energy lobbying while approving their dirty sands pipeline. Um, we deserve to have somebody at the EPA who actually does protect our environment, somebody who believes in climate change and takes it seriously for the benefit of all of us, including our children. Um, so I would urge you to resign before your scandals push you up.
To the other side, instead of pointing out that this is inappropriate conduct for citizens of the United States, Univision has decided to promote anarchy among the American public. On June 25th, the Univision-owned news site Splinter published an article by senior writer Hamilton Nolan with the headline, This is Just the Beginning. We covered it a little bit in the beginning. Um, And it went on to say, fuck with the lives of everybody who supports Trump. McClatchley was the only one I could find twice in the past week. Activists have posted information on ICE agents. That was all that was reported. The rest was ignored. They they just didn't care. Justine Bateman, Los Angeles restaurant owners, where is Jeff Sessions going to want to eat today? Will it be possible? John Legend, Judd Apatow, Danny Zuckard, they're all pushing for it. No soundbite I could get. Federal officials announced the arrest of net neutrality advocate named Markara Mann, who was so angry at FCC chairman Ajit Pai that he threatened to kill Pai's kids. And the feds arrested him. But um, how do you think it was covered in the media? Like this. Another instance. Protesters of the administration's immigration policies gathered outside Stephen Miller's elite car- up apartment complex in Washington, D.C. tonight. Like, it's, uh, there's nothing wrong. There, there's nothing wrong at all. There was wanted posters up all in the neighborhood. And what does elite have to do? I'm sure, um, you know, you live in elite one, too, there, Habermen. I, I guarantee you are. But she's with the New York Times. This op-ed, faced with the unceasing cruelty of the Trump presidency, liberals have not taken to marching around in the public with weapons and threatening civil war. They're using their cultural power because it's the only weapon they have left. And that's a lie. Just had a guy arrested who's going to kill kids. You got a fucking Hollywood dude say he's going to go fucking rape Barron. Naturally, all this has led to lots of pain, disapproval from self-appointed guardians of civility. A Washington Post editorial urged the protesters to think about the precedents they're setting. How hard is it to imagine, for example, people who strongly believe that abortion is murder to sign that judges or other officials who protect abortion's rights should not be able to live peaceably with their families? It asked. Of course, 
This is not hard to imagine at all, since abortion opponents have assassinated abortion providers. And it goes on to literally say, the right's wrong, we're good. What we do is good. When it's fucking too violent, it's okay. It, it, it was because of Trump. But you're getting stuff like this. Joshua Topolsky. Ben Shapiro is the Jew who put other Jews on the train. When confronted, I deleted it because a mob of right-wing babies were flooding my mentions. And I was frankly pretty annoying, as were the DM threats. Yeah, that that was okay. It, it has gotten so bad. I've very rarely played RNC shit on here. When I do, it's usually extreme stuff or ads, and I talk about the ads. But they put out a great soundbite. And I'm going to pair it with what the media has been saying about everybody but Democrats. And when you listen to these soundbites, do you, even for a second question the media support of mob rule against anybody they don't align with? A few years ago, ideas that we talked about were thought to be fringe ideas, radical ideas, extremist ideas. Those ideas are now mainstream. I, I, I just don't even know why there aren't uprisings all over the country. And if you see anybody from that cabinet in a restaurant, in a department store, do think about your dad's immigration practices, you feck. What's Uncle Tom but for white women who disappoint other white women? One way you get rid of Trump is a crashing economy. So please bring on the recession. When was the last time an actor assassinated the president? I have thought an awful lot about blowing up the White House. The folks calling for civility might need to check their privilege. And 25% of the country, whether it's 25, 20, 30%, are hardcore racists. They do not want to see brown people coming into America. That's, that's just what's going on here. If you vote for Trump, then you, the voter, you, not Donald Trump, are standing at the border like Nazis, you hear, you hear. And I think we now have to flip it. And it's a given the evilness of Donald Trump. I think the most stoic human beings, are they numb? Are they dead inside? We can't just do rallies. We have to fight back. There will be casualties on both sides. Anybody who votes for and supports a racist is a racist. You are culpable, white America. I'm sorry if you hold down the woman while the rapist is raping her and you didn't rape her, are you a rapist? Tens of millions of people voted for him after he showed his cards for years. But are you, so suggest, we have, are you suggesting that they're racist? or they're, Yes. The, yes. The, the people who vote, all the people who voted for Donald Trump are racist. Yes. Those people who are supporting what he's doing here are racist, period. They should not be not confrontational. And so these policies that this administration is putting forth are intentionally cruel. They are racist. And it is, a, it is our job as citizens to speak out against that. Now, does that mean that we're going to be violent? No. But does that mean that Sarah Sanders can have a nice, quiet dinner with her family when she's taking our tax dollars 
to implement this policy? I don't think so. They're not going to be able to go to a restaurant. They're not going to be able to stop at a gas station. They're not going to be able to shop at a department store. The people are going to on them. They're going to protest. They're going to uh, absolutely harass them. But you guys were involved with being patriotic, right? Very, very patriotic, but not... Being patriotic was the group that contacted and helped organize some of these activities that you post in your own Facebook account. Th those were legitimate. Those were Russians. Thank you for calling the Red Hen Restaurant. If you are a Trump supporter, if you voted for Trump, or if you even smell like a Trump supporter, we will throw you out on your butt like we did. Need some more proof? The Hill. Maxine Water reads list of times Trump has called for violence. None of them can be equated to how she told people. Banner on CNN New Day. Trump hurls insults as White House wants to focus on lack of civility. It's always referenced to, well, he says this. It's like a child. When they go too far and they shoot baseball games up and Antifa burns shit down, it's just like a child. Washington Post reporter on harassment of Trump people. Understandable reaction. Whole op-ed. All it says is, well, you know, this is what you get for voting for Trump. Jennifer Rubin, I'd like to think the members of this administration would become social pariahs of sorts. They are not entitled to go through life insult-free and embarrassment-free after their egregious conduct and public life. That's the only conservative over there. Other article, chasing White House officials out of the restaurants is the right thing to do. Washington Post. New York Times, Michelle Goldberg rant, Trump officials deserve public shaming. Yeah. And all along with it, more sound bites from the media like this. If you vote for Trump, then you, the voter, you, not Donald Trump, are standing at the border like Nazis, going, you here, you here. And I think we now have to flip it. And it's a given the evilness of Donald Trump. If you hold down the woman while the rapist is raping her, and you didn't rape her, are you a rapist? Tens of millions of people voted for him after he showed his cards for years. But are you, so suggest we have are you suggesting that they're racist? or they're Yes. The, yes. the, the people who vote, all the people who voted for Donald Trump are racist. Yes. Yeah. If Republicans weren't so racist, they could encourage black people who are morally conservative to be on their yeah. side. Those people who are supporting what he's doing here are racist, period. It's uh, movements and people that are speaking up for things, whether we're talking about civil rights movement, whatever else. Those movements should be nonviolent, but they should not be non-confrontational. And so these policies that this administration is putting forth are intentionally cruel. They are racist. And it is, a, it is our job as citizens to speak out against that. Now, does that mean that we're going to be violent? No. But does that mean that Sarah Sanders can have a nice, quiet dinner with her family when she's taking our tax dollars to implement this policy, I don't think so. Anybody who votes for and supports a racist is a racist. You are culpable, white America. I'm sorry. Is it complicit or either you're enabling? You know, but you guys were involved with being patriotic, right? Very, very patriotic, but not... Being patriotic was the group that contacted and helped organize some of these activities that you posted on your own Facebook account. Th those were legitimate. Those were Russians. 
They were not Russians. I don't go with the Russians. Find out very clearly what his interests are. President Walker, how do you resist the temptation to run up and wring her neck? Twenty-five percent of the country, whether it's twenty-five, twenty, thirty percent, are hardcore racist. They do not want to see brown people coming into America. That's that's just what's going on here. I mean, of certain individuals and institutions, we will, as per Chief Jim Hopper, punch some people in the face when they seek to destroy and we will do it all with soul, with heart, and with joy. There are still generations of people, older people, who were born and bred and marinated in it, in that prejudice and racism, and they just have to die. A lot of his supporters believe that we are the enemy of the yeah, American people, true. and that is really, really an awful situation. Uh, we are not the enemy of the yeah. American people. We love the American people. See, they want more than just officials. It's got to be everybody. And as they keep doing it, fentanyl lace flyers placed on Harris County Sheriff Fleet Vehicles in East Houston. Laura Loomer hit in the face by Maxine Waters and files charges. Nothing's happened. And by the time we get to our next protest, our protest... Yeah, I guess this is my protest. Next podcast, it'll happen again, folks. There'll be more and more. You'll find articles on Twitter, or if you go out and actually search conservative media, you'll find more articles about Antifa doing this, Trump people getting this, person with the mega hat, person with the shirt. They're nonstop. They're just nonstop. They don't think you have a right to have an opinion or believe anything. I think deep down inside, if the two coasts had their way, we would not be part of the United States. I mean, to date, they don't want us to have electoral votes. They don't want SCOTUS to be there. They don't want every Republican president. They want nothing but straight-up socialism. I could have taken this podcast in a totally different direction today and just played all the glowing things about this fucking idiot New Yorker one who I'll play a few sound bites where she can't even explain the difference between socialism and the Democratic Party because there isn't any more. Obama went with the Saul Alinsky, make them all depend on you and they'll always vote for you, re-education camps for the country, Free college, free health care, free bread, free cheese. That's what they want. Socialism allows them, the people that are the smallest majorities, the far left of this country, the people you're hearing on your TV sets every day, control those. And they do it every day. We've shown it on the podcast. From words to deeds to everything, they want to control people. Take the guns away and control them. Tell you how to fucking wipe your ass. It's pretty scary. So let's go to a music break. We're going to start off with a Radiohead. No, we're going to play this crazy stuff I heard the other day. Uh, it's called Tenar Win Nanufle. I don't know what they're saying. I just thought it was a cool song. They're from some the Sahara Desert. And, uh, yeah, it's a little different. We'll go on our tweets of the day. 
tweets of the day. There was a... Th- God, there's some funny Twitter trends going on, or hashtag trends. And one of one, one of them was Dear Diary mocking Jim Acosta, who we're going to have another meltdown with Jim and our, uh, you know, hypocrisy like we do every day. And they take real tweets and just put Dear Diary in front of it. Goes a little something like this. Neon Taser. Tried, uh, he was the one that started, I'm sorry. Try to preface any Jim Acosta tweet with the words Dear Diary. Stephen Miller, Dear Diary, I tried. Sean Spicer, Dear Diary, I asked Spicer if he could turn the cameras on today briefing, today's briefing. He ignored the question. Dear Diary, another one. Every time I say Dear Diary, it's a new tweet by somebody. Uh, Trump is still talking about Hillary Clinton. He defeated her over a year ago, and he has been president almost 11 months. Dear Diary, as I attempted to ask questions in the Roosevelt room of Trump, White House press aides shouted in my face and drowned out my questions. I have never encountered that before. Uh, dear Diary, one woman told me to get fucked, to fuck out, to get the fuck out. Another warned a second civil war is coming. Another held my hand to say thank you. And they went on and just mocked this motherfucker over and over. I was gonna do a book report on reliable sources this weekend because they brought him on. And he was just bowed the fuck up. He must have ate some Wheaties that day and was talking mass shit. But that's our next tweet of the day. Brian Seltzer, Sunday on Reliable Sources, my in-depth interview with Acosta. Standard buttload, which I really like his Twitter handle. Going to be some sexual tension there. (laughs) Then DNC Research really kind of brings us in to all of the left's craziness. We need a SCOTUS justice who has had an abortion, who's pro-choice, who's an undocumented immigrant, who actually a union worker, who's trans. Pam Pleasant, having a bad day, just sit and read all the walkaway tweets. And none of these were ever, ever, ever covered in our media. And there's hundreds, all right? I'm going to read you two. I was raised in a Democratic household in conservative Oklahoma. We grew up with values and convictions and believed that the party of JFK held our ideas and was for the working class. I quickly realized that was not true. I'm a proud, real Donald Trump supporter. Hashtag walk away. Now, I want you to go back and think of all the times on a conservative. Whenever somebody walked away... Whenever there was a movement against the GOP, you heard it. You were told before Hillary's election that the GOP was dead. That they were just gone. Another one. I was raised in a blue-collar union job family. Dems were once with a working man, but the past five years have turned into an anti-anyone that doesn't agree with them. Hateful party of resistance. Their antics are so far left, the party left to me. Best thing ever, I walked away. At least a hundred Bernie ones in here. hundred. And then lastly, ha! you people are so predictable, no wonder there's a walk-away moment. Mashable. After Kennedy's retirement, are we entering Handmaid's Tale territory? Nora Eckert. The election of Donald Trump as president didn't cause the left hatred. It exposed it. 
And that's a tweet of the day. committee when they heard that Kennedy was retiring and I just thought wow your life is that shallow you think one Supreme Court justice it's over it's the end of days our next hate tweet is Jerry Seinfeld says Roseanne Barr killing firing was overkill he was just put it like this I'll just sum up one tweet rest in peace Jerry and eat a dick. That came from a Democrat. Hmm. Then Bennett, Michael type, tells Democracy Now! White's too comfortable with rape and police killing. He goes on a whole screen in here saying it's white people. Uh, they just think it's normal and it, they don't care about black bodies. Huh. Every time I see a fucking BLM protest, there's a lot of white people there, so, okay. Shirley Cowan, as a child, I never would have dreamed that adulthood included crying in the shower about the Supreme Court. Because she admitted she did. Will, gun, oil guns America, bottle the tears, please, I almost have enough for my own private ocean. <laughs> Another one. As an adult, it scares me that we have other so-called adults out there like you. If you're crying in a shower over fear of a new SCOTUS justice, then you're not really an adult. Grow the fuck up. And that's true. Then the best tweet, which I should have made the tweet of the day, but it's all hate, really. Chelsea Manning, or I like to call Bradley Manning, lost the Senate seat. And it comes out to see... He lost it because somehow was implicated with some right-wingers. And they turned on him. So he did a whole apology. But the tweets I'm going to read are Gay Patriot and Joe Walsh. Gay Patriot, Bramley Manning, Democrat, traitor, loses again. Better luck next time, bro. <laughs> Joe Walsh. Bad day for Bradley Manning, great day for America. Other ones, good. Anyone convicted of espionage should never be allowed to run for office. Another one, that's too bad. Senator Trader, who should still be rotting in prison, had a certain ring to it. And lastly, does this mean Democrats who voted against Manning are transphobic? Hmm, questions to our hypocrisy.
Hypocrisy! You've been decrying President Trump's bigotry. Uh, obviously, uh, you used to follow somebody who continually expressed sexist, anti-LGBTQ and anti-Semitic bigotry, Louis Farrakhan. You have condemned Farrakhan's bigotry. But I the, would disagree with that. I would disagree with that, sir. But you, I'm what, sorry, do you, what are you disagreeing that with? Comes up in this context. Well, you're decrying bigotry, no, and Louis Farrakhan is a, is, a, is a pretty clear bigot. Right, and I agree that that's true, and I think that uh, I've made myself very clear. But uh, look, that's the, going back to the false equivalency. You know, I don't have any support for what the individual you just mentioned uh, stands for, nor do I agree with Trump's bigotry either. But that, that again, you know, anytime somebody tries to say that something is unfair and bigoted, if you're going to say, well, one time you sort of said something or somebody said you said something, and then so nobody oh, you can, were, you can were a complain about Farrakhan. bigotry. You were a follower Jake, of Farrakhan, Jake, sir. No, you, I wasn't. You Jake, I'm sorry. That's not true, Jake. But I just want to say to you, if anyone... Who, uh, who raises concerns about bigotry, then is put in a position to have to defend themselves, then we never get to talk about bigotry. And I hope that's not what your purpose is, Jake, because you've stood for uh, an equal society. But if you're going to try to put me on the spot and have to explain myself, I didn't I, pass a Muslim ban. I didn't, right, no, Jack? I, I didn't. This I, is not my, my I, piece I, of my, you didn't, let my, me answer my you, you didn't let me ask my question. My question was, the Washington Post fact checker in March gave you four Pinocchios for your claim that you have no relationship with him. And I want you to take a listen to Farrakhan talking in an interview That's wrong. about how you only... That's in, not true. And Farrakhan, well, the Washington Post fact checker did give you four Pinocchios Jake. about that. That's just true. Jake, they they were wrong. Jake, they were Jake, wrong. They, I have no, I have not. That's it's untrue, Jake. I'm sorry, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm I'm disappointed that that's why you called me on your show today. The, it is a real we can't conversation. have a conversation about bigotry because we can't have a conversation about bigotry because uh, you, you're going to say, well, what about you? Did you ever, in any way, and anyone know or see anybody who was ever bigoted, and therefore you have no moral standing to claim to be to decry bigotry, Jake? That's not just not true. I'm not saying that at and all. I'm, and I'm sorry we're having this conversation. Well, well the that, question well, Jake, the question I Jake, had about Farrakhan I came was on you here to talk about the Muslim ban. I understand that. The question and I now had you're for you, trying to put me on the spot. It's not fair. The question I had for you that I've been trying to ask is Farrakhan said in 2016 you met with him in his hotel suite in Washington DC that is a false that did not happen it did not happen so Farrakhan is untrue I'm not I don't know if he's lying or not I can tell you it's I was in no such meeting I was in no such meeting I've made that clear you know that Jake I have denied this because it's not true but here I am on your show having to talk about this that, of course, was very surprising. But you know, when I'm usually bashing, bashing them, I'll play it up front. With Jake Tapper actually interviewing Keith Ellison on his links to Farrakhan. Now, you can expect, expect Oliver Willis. Tapper's all about elevating right-wing garbage so conservatives don't call him a liberal. It's transparent. Nobody thinks Louis Farrakhan is relevant in 2018 except race-baiting conservatives and Jake Tapper. They brought it up with Obama, too. That's what they do if you're a black Democrat. It's transparent as heck. Ooh. Jake Tapper's a racist now. Hmm. So the question, you've been decrying Trump's bigotry, and you used to follow somebody who continually expressed sexist, anti-LGBT, and anti-Semitic bigotry. Farrakhan. Ellison. This goes back to the false equivalency. I didn't pass a Muslim ban. But you followed him. No. He says. 
No. Let me play for you some of Farrakhan's quotes. Ellison, I came here to talk about the Muslim ban, and now you're putting me on the spot. Tapper, but you met with Farrakhan in 2016. Ellison, that's untrue. I was in no such meeting. Tapper, it was just a question I wanted to ask, in which Keith Ellison totally implodes when Jake Tapper asked him about Louis Farrakhan. You know, I, 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 I see it as it is. Barack Obama supported Farrakhan, met with him. The media knew it was bad then, they buried it. So kudos to Tapper to actually point out, as the left decries everything, is just so uncivil, they too are shady as fuck. If I was like, say, uh, Tucker Carlson, I start a show off just about fucking racism. The KKK, Jim Crow, and every time I could insert the word Democrat, I would. Internment camps, Democrat. They use it now as fear tactics, but the reality is Democrats are racist as fuck. They're the party of racism. Republicans are the party of Lincoln. Do the math. Chris Eliza, Thursday night was a reminder Barack Obama is still the best messenger Democrats have. Everybody in the world tweeted this to him. Let me say for the billionth time, reporters don't root for a side period. Hmm. Interesting. And then in this, I found this incredible capsulation of what Barack Obama is. He almost accepted some of the blame for the state of the party, though he framed it less as DNC atrophy for years of benign neglect, which he was in the White House and being saddled with his re-election campaign debt, and more as people making the mistake of falling too much in love with him. I'll be honest with you. If I have a regret during my presidency, is that people were so focused on me and the battles we were having, particularly after we lost the House, that folks stopped paying attention up and down the ballot. Huh. That's the best he could do. The best he could do. So until we get to our SCOTUS stuff, which we're going to have a lot of hypocrisy on SCOTUS, I just want to make sure you understand, and I didn't do it in the beginning, Gillibrand, de Blasio, Pocahontas, Waters, the new Ascario, whatever the fuck her name is, up and down the Democratic Party, they are calling for the abolishment of ICE. I want to make sure you understand, ICE does a lot of the human trafficking interdiction, child sex slavery, women sex slavery, but they want it gone. They're so far left on this immigration thing, they don't even want ICE. That's crazy. So to SCOTUS, you can expect there was a shitload of media responses. Ezra Klein, so surely the 2018 being an election year, McConnell will follow the president he, precedent he set and refused to consider any nomination. The world pointed out that was a presidential year, not a midterm. But it doesn't matter to the left. Chuck Todd. We'll be interested to see how the GOP senators rationalize the idea that it's suddenly okay to debate an open SCOTUS seat in an election year. They may fully pull the hypocrisy muscle. That's what he said. Then he tweeted this. 
About the last thing our politics can handle is an open SCOTUS vacancy and Kennedy's seat, no less. Let's hope I'm wrong. Man, summer is going to suck. It will be ugly. Normally nice people act like idiots. We have a full-fledged political circus on our hands. Up to the voters to decide what they want. That's a fucking, the chief political director for NBC News. But remember, we're all zealots when we say they're fucking Democrats, huh? Sean Davis, area Democrat activists masquerading as journalists pretend to not understand our presidential election years are different than non-presidential election years. Obama's second Supreme Court nominee was confirmed in August of 2010, an election year. Todd's reply, I get the technical difference, but it truly is an insult to the voters. Their opinions only matter in presidential election years, not midterms. Got it. You see the circular logic there? He never made that point during Obama's presidency. He never would have. Ever. So, that's where they were full-fledged SCOTUS. It was crazy. Next subject, DOJ will not release top-secret Loretta Lynch intercepts suggesting secret deal to rig Clinton probe. Legal Watch and Real Clear Investigations have found there's 500 pages missing from all the reports, and they won't release it, and it was about Tarmac Gate. So all of us who said, hey, I bet they made a deal, guess what? That's what they were doing. The FBI has the goods, but they're not going to give it up because they're all fucking Democrats. Chris Saliza, let me say for the billionth time, reporters don't root for a single side. Why did I read that tweet again? Because he retreated Alex Seiswalt. Seems like a good time to remember that Donald Trump lost the popular vote by almost 3 million votes. That's a CNN reporter retweeting that tweet. And we don't pick sides. Hmm. But really, I gotta go straight at the sound bites that we're about to listen to. Chuck Todd sponsored this soundbite. That's how I found it. Matthews Wright, Senate Dems, especially those who want to be POTUS, have to get caught trying to block at every turn. This will be a Dem White House primary litmus test. That's what he said to this soundbite. It's time for Democrats to play hardball. I'm Chris Matthews urging them to do just that. Good evening, I'm Chris Matthews in Washington. There are times to fight, and this is one of them. If the Democrats in the U.S. Senate allow President Trump to pack the Supreme Court with a 5-4 majority for the next 30 years, it's not something the progressive Democratic voter will soon forget. Two years ago, Republican Majority Leader Mitch McConnell mocked the Democrats by refusing to even meet with Fred Obama's court nominee. In 2018, with just a handful of months before Election Day, one that will decide which party controls the Senate, Democrats owe it to their party, their principles, and to their own survival to do Mitch what Mitch did to them. If this strikes anyone as a manifesto for me, so be Now I want you to think how many times MSNBC would cover that soundbite. If Fox did it. 
If Fox did that, Republicans need to do this. Hmm. Interesting. But he wasn't the worst. Jeffrey Tobin, Tanishi Coates were on. All right. Roe is doomed, first of all. And then they say, lefty values in line with our democratic principles are at risk now. The country is so at risk because the Supreme Court is going to lose a liberal judge. And Roe v. Wade is doomed. It is gone because Donald Trump won the election and because he's going to have the chance and because he's going to have the chance to appoint two Supreme Court justices. You know, what this appointment means is that if you are in this, if you are a woman in the state of Texas, you are going to have to go elsewhere to get an abortion soon. If you are in, uh, uh, I said 20 states, maybe it's only 10 states. But there, there will be large parts of the United States where abortion is illegal um, in, in the relatively near future. He was the vote that was keeping Roe v. Wade the law of the land. That is done. Roe v. Wade is going to be overturned. There is no doubt that the top priority of the people advising President Bush, uh, President Trump, in making this nomination is to pick someone who will vote to overturn Roe v. Wade. He is somebody who's been very key, although he was not really a advocate for it. He has written in his dicta about things like affirmative action, talking about the need to have race be a consideration, if not the overwhelming one, at least one factor. So while the focus is on the area of abortion, a very important one when it comes to human rights and women's rights and ability to choose, there's also a whole host of areas where we require a swing vote for other more progressive-minded notions and ones that, frankly, are in line with our democratic principles. And we don't have that now. Now, the issue of same-sex marriage itself appears to be largely settled. But the issue that's coming up is when can people, with the permission of the courts, discriminate against gay people? The Cake case, which the justices sort of dodged, but those cases are coming back. The conservative movement in this country wants to allow religious people to say, you can't buy a cake from me. You can't stay in my motel. You can't go to my restaurant. That's the cases that are coming down the pipe. And those cases are going to be much more likely to be upheld. The discrimination against gay people is much more likely to be upheld now than it was with Kennedy on the court. And a lot of reporting already on this about what then-candidate Donald Trump said in the third debate, often a pivotal debate. He was asked by the moderator, Chris Wallace, and this was the actual question. Do you want to see the court overturn Roe versus Wade? And here's what he said. Well, if we put another two or perhaps three justices on, that's really what's going to be, that's will happen. And that'll happen automatically, in my opinion, because I am putting pro-life justices on the court. So bottom line, Dan, how likely is this? Well, look, it seems clear that Roe versus Wade is as vulnerable as it's been since it was decided. But that doesn't necessarily mean that it gets overturned. Justices tend to be very deferential to previous decisions that they've already ruled on. So what could happen is the opinion could effectively get gutted, which would mean, as a practical matter, it becomes nearly impossible for women in certain states to get abortions. But we'll have to see. Certainly the most vulnerable it's been in many years. Absolutely. All right, Dan, and the second question, I wanted to put up this on the screen because 
because we've talked about how Justice Kennedy was a crucial uh, swing vote. He sided with conservatives on Citizens United, on limited campaign financing, on the Second Amendment, on voting rights, but then sided with liberals on gay rights, abortion, and on affirmative action. So he was a key player in the court for decades. That's right, he was. Now the question is going to be what happens with Chief Justice Roberts? Meaning, does he become a potential swing vote? Does he shift? Exactly. He's not going to be Kennedy. I don't think anyone expects that. But he's, he's so respectful of the institution of the court. And as a result, the question is going to be, does he fight to keep precedent on the books, in effect? And as a result, will he end up splitting from some of his conservative allies? Will he evolve? And right. Roe v. Wade is doomed. It is gone because Donald Trump won the election and because and he's going to have the, the chance and because he's going to have the chance to appoint two Supreme Court justices. You know, what this appointment means is that if you are in this, if you are a woman in the state of Texas, you are going to have to go elsewhere to get an abortion soon. Well, if you are in, uh, 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 I said 20 states, maybe it's only 10 states. But there, there will be large parts of the United States where abortion is illegal um, in, in the relatively near future. He was the vote that was keeping Roe v. Wade the law of the land. That is done. Roe v. Wade is going to be overturned. There is no doubt that the top priority of the people advising President Bush, uh, President Trump, in making this nomination is to pick someone who will vote to overturn Roe v. Wade. It's hard to accept that this is how biased our media has gotten. Um, I have a bunch more that I could play. They were hyperbolic. They were wounded off this off the decisions that happened this week and the fact that Kennedy's leaving. Um, it just points to the simple fact that our media is either right, if you're watching Fox, or you're reading the Wall Street Journal, but the rest are the Wall Street Times, um, or the Washington Times, excuse me. I'm fucking it all up. I'm out of it today. I didn't sleep last night, so excuse me. I'm just blah. Um, and then if you're going everywhere else, man, it's liberal. It's so liberal, it's, it's almost crazy so i could play a shooting soundbite i'm not going to right off the bat judge Legum, jared ramos does appear to be a trump supporter it's a fucking falsity he likes something trump did before he's president maggie haberman supporting local journalism important and what happened today is sickening this alleged gunman appears to have had a long-standing grudge against the paper and little else is known so far but trump is the only president who bashes the media? Lauren Duca, the shooting today in the Capitol Gazette newsroom in Annapolis, Maryland, cannot reasonably be separated from the president's mission to villainize the press. And people asked, well, then does the Democratic Party get hit with uh, the guy that shot Scalise? Just asking. Jennifer Rubin, it turns out that what is really uncivil and dangerous is calling the press the enemy of the people. Andrew Feinberg. NBC is reporting that this shooter may not have been ideologically motivated. So let me be clear. I stand by what I said. You cannot be POTUS, hold rally after rally to attack reporters, calling them fake, disgusting, dishonest, and not expect someone to think shooting them is okay. Shannon Watts, Chuck Todd, man who calls media enemies of American people, send thoughts and prayers. That was retweeted. He retweeted. Feinberg Double down. You caused this, Mr. President. Juliet Kenyon, one of the motive triggering event. It was true before yesterday and it will be true when the shooter is replaced by another. It is dangerous for Trump to vilify the media. 
Brian Kareem. Yes, for those who asked, I do know who was shouting those questions. You have to ask. I was just one of many. We all wanted answers. Rob Cox. This is what happens when real Donald Trump calls journalists the enemy of the people. Connor Barry was an actual reporter who is no longer a reporter. Shooter who killed four people in Annapolis, Annapolis newspaper dropped his mega hat on the newsroom floor before opening fire. Second tweet. My 21-year career as a journalist, a fancy term that makes my skin crawl, frankly came to a screeching halt yesterday with one stupid regrettable tweet. Can't take it back. Wish I could. My sincere apologies to all good, hardworking reporters and to POTUS reporters. He just made it up and lied. Just made it up and lied. Didn't matter. While that was happening and the media was freaking out, 525 people were arrested in D.C. They were protesting ICE and it got fucking violent. Soundbite you heard with freaking McConnell, Cho, and the EPA head and Rand Paul. That was Antifa in Portland beating the fuck out of people. But one guy who has a grudge of the paper, we spent 48 hours blaming Trump. It's almost comedic half the time. Just comedic. So, our last thing uh, is going to be Acosta. So, let's listen to it first. Mr. President, will you swing us the enemy of the people, sir? Stop calling the press the enemy of the people, sir. Mr. President, will you stop calling the enemy of the people, sir? I could rant about how unprofessional he is, how he's an activist. I'll I'll let a retired CNN producer do it for me. Truly an embarrassment on multiple levels. Jim Acosta's selfish antics give all good journalism a bad name. On a day journalists could honor the memory of fellow reporters tragically killed due to a deranged person with a vendetta going back years, Acosta tries to shift the blame to Trump thus validating many Americans' feelings about the Ekele media that existed long before Trump. I couldn't say it better than that. A, I couldn't say, I think it's Akalia. I probably should have looked it up. A-C-E-L-A. Rarely used word. But he sums it up. I mean, the guy's a fucking joke. Just a joke. And he's chief White House correspondent for fucking CNN. That's their A game. What the fuck? To stats of the day, new poll, most voters support Trump on immigration and sanctuary cities. I'm not even going to read you the numbers. It's the same fucking as last one. People are not for it. They're totally against it. And they think sanctuary cities are wrong. How do I know the media already knows this? And they just keep on polling, trying to get enough liberals on the poll to make it work for them? Network coverage of wildfire ceases once suspect is revealed as an illegal alien. Think about it. You heard about it all week, and then it just went away. Other one. Three or four people think that the media will report news that they know is fake, false, or purposely misleading. 
Yeah. Even Democrats believe it. That's pretty fucking scary. Another one. Poll. Football's popular in Texas. The NFL isn't. The article then goes on just, just saying, well, people are starting to get sick of the politics that go on with the NFL and all the stupid crap because they just want to watch fo- No, it's you white people are racist. Got it. Okay. CNN continues to struggle with ratings, failing to crack the top five. And once again, for another consecutive fucking week, they got beat by the Food Network. It's pretty fucking embarrassing. U.S. Attorney in Maryland, 24 alleged MS-13 members facing federal indictment for violent racketeering, murder, and money laundering conspiracy. Six-count indictment alleges that for 2015, continued through 2017, MS-13 members and associates engaged in racketeering activities including murders, conspiracy to commit murder, attempted murder, extortion, robbery, kidnapping, drug trafficking, and money laundering. You'd think the Washington Bureau of somebody would cover that. Interesting. And our last stat before we go into our one segment today. It's July 4th. I told you I was going to read some negative, but I got some positive too. This one comes from Fox News, and I just think it sums it up. For those who don't remember, Rachel Dozel is whiter than me, but she's made herself look black through hair and makeup and all that shit. Actually putting skin darkener on her skin. Rachel Dozel, also known as Nechi Diallo, booked and released on welfare fraud, other charges. She got food and child care assistance, and it was all a fraud because everything about her is a flawed fraud. So there, there, there you go. We're going to do another music break. Uh, this one's a Radiohead song. And then we're going to go into segment one, which is the 4th of July. The first thing you're going to hear is college students who are are gauge of where our country's going, especially for the Democratic Party, since all our institutions are liberal. And uh, they say America sucks. So that's a good legacy. Good job, Barack Obama. I'm not here 
poking at the media bubble, one podcast at a time. Here's Tony Reed. I'm Calvin Phillips, the Campus Reform. Today we're in New York City with the 4th of July coming up, talking to college students about whether they're proud to be an American. What will they have to say? Let's find out. Do you consider yourself today proud to be an American? Oh boy, that's a tough question. No. No, not the America we have right now. No. I'm not proud. No. Are you proud to be an American? Definitely not. No, I'm not proud of America. I'm not proud of what what we've done. Would you consider yourself proud to be an American? Um... I'm going to go with no, especially, like, recently. Yeah, at the end of the day, I guess I would say no. I wouldn't necessarily say I'm proud. I think we need to stop thinking that we're the best nation on Earth because that's just egotistical and it's not accurate. We're pretty great, though. <laughs> we're close. Things that are America, like, I don't want to associate myself with. Patriotic views about America, when it really comes down to it, I feel like it's more just, like, a tool to be used to get people to join the army and... And what, what about America right now would you consider yourself not proud of? I mean, I think the answer is pretty obvious. Um, just look at the news. There's a plethora of things that are going wrong. Orphan border issues. So were you not proud when Obama did it five years ago? I think that it's different now. A lot of the not proud of being an American comes from like the history of the U.S. Any places that come to mind that would be better? Better than the U.S., probably some nice little socialist country in Europe. If we change presidents, then I would be proud. And okay. there's an America that we can make that will be great. Yeah. And so I believe... Are you saying make America great again? No. That's not what I'm saying. Yeah, I think with the Supreme Court right now is like really scary. I'm scared. I'm um, scared. I'm no, genuinely I'm scared. scared. Yeah. Were you concerned when President Obama filled the Supreme Court vacancies in the election year? Um, no. Uh, in the past, uh, were you proud to be an American, and what made you more proud then? I guess it was just ignorance. I had no idea how many people in this country were so far right and discriminatory. And uh, I would, first of all, reverse everything Trump has done, okay. <laughs> every executive action. Um, yeah, I'd reverse everything he's done right now. Okay. Yeah. Would that crash the economy, though? Things are going pretty well right now in the economy. Um, those are, like, pretty longitudinal. Um, I don't think anything beneficial has been his doing at all what could be done to make you proud of your country um just uh i'd like you know people to be able to um express their identities and be themselves without having to deal with uh prejudice and um you know a law for that though there could be there there are laws that could uh help with that I do consider myself proud to be American, but I'm ashamed of things that, like, our administration has done recently. Today, would you consider yourself proud to be an American? Yeah, I would consider myself proud to be an American. Right now, are you proud to be an American? Yeah, definitely. Uh, Yeah, I always have been. I mean, I have the freedoms and possibilities to do, you know, basically whatever I want. I think it's a really great country. I kind of wish we could, you know, get along a little bit more instead of becoming polarized on topics. Um, Just being able to talk about them openly is something that I wish would happen more frequently. Um, But I'd say overall, I'm proud. Yeah. That is pretty fucking sad. And it's backed up by polls from Gallup. Just 47% in the U.S. say they're extremely proud to be American. A record low. Among Democrats, it's only 32%. 
5%. Democrats don't think 4th of July is something we should celebrate. Lauren Duca, the 4th of July being on a Wednesday is officially the universe shitting on white nationalism, because that's what 4th of July is. A African-American conservative. White nationalism? What kind of fuck shit is this? Americans of color? That was in her article. She was speaking for black people. Didn't go very well. Another tweet this week, though. What if all the energy that women are forced to dedicate to worrying about appearance was dedicated to campaigning? Let's be ugly and run the world. That's a fucking theory. Maybe people can multitask. I don't know. I mean, Kristen Gillibrand's an attractive lady. Hate her politics. But John Polovitz pretty much sums up the left this year. July 4th is a mega high holiday, and Trump knows this. He understands the power of weaponizing patriotism, the way the stars and stripes are cheap intoxicants to those imagine America their sole property. Yeah. Let me get down past what I said that. In addition to marking the birth of our nation and the foundation of our Constitution, which clearly are a little interest to him, it is so much else. It's a valuable commodity, something to be packaged and sold for hefty profit to his constituents. It's that time of year when hardworking folks wearing old glory swim trucks make an extra showy display of their love of country beneath the bombast of roadside fireworks displays with Lee Greenwood's Proud to be an American. Blairs from red, with red pickup truck door speakers. It is easy as red, white, and blue daydream for people whose daily lives often feel empty. It is also Christmas for nationalists, the season when their superiority and territorialism and fear of outsiders are more exploitative than ever for someone willing to leverage it. Unfortunately, someone else is. Later on, he knows the way the stars and stripes are cheap. Uh, okay, it's repeating itself. What's another one? He's got Trump has learned that evangelical right, how expressive of devotion to America, are simultaneously code word rhetoric. Battle cries for white soldiers in the army of the Lord. Yeah, that's what he said. And so the anthem plays, the flag wave, and the ball rocks are set, and the M80s go off, and fascism quietly enters in the side door while everyone is distracted by the spectacle. This is the paradox Americans find ourselves in. Our essential liberties have never been more at risk. Our national sovereignty never more tenuous. Our elemental freedoms never more assailed. And yet the patriotic fervor at the top of its rank and file has never been greater. Yes, the ship is going down quickly, but the music is still playing to convince them all we're still the land of the free. And they're dancing wildly into the abyss waving flags. But this is a place we sing about. Our president publicly attacks a free press. Black athletes are castigated for kneeling. The tire port, Hunnel Mansard are being ripped away. Natick Americans have oil lines driven through their sacred land. Young black men fear for those charged, those charged with protecting them sir, are, and serving them. Nazis are winning local elections and creating nationalist policies. He goes on for days and ends. So yes. We'll be loving our country fiercely this July 4th, but not letting it be what it currently is. We'll be working and protesting and loving and building and caring and pushing it, become a place deserved of the songs and the fireworks and the fervor. When the freedom ring for all of us, then we'll really sing. Until then, we see the joke here, and we don't think it's funny. Hmm. You know, I don't remember... Any of this 
when Obama was crashing freedoms, he he pushed with the Supreme Court to get gay marriage, and 34 states were against that. He opened up more abortion clinics, and uh, 50 states are against that. He forced morning after pills and shit on religious institutions and told them they're all fucking pieces of shit. Suck it. And his entire eight years was America sucks. Christians are fucking murderers. Don't look at those Islamists. They can do whatever they want because I used to live over there. And went around the country basically saying we sucked. So liberals believe that. They really believe it. How? America's always been bad. Libs celebrate Independence Day. Liberals are never comfortable displays of American patriotism, so Independence Day is particularly awkward for them. Everybody likes cold beer, hot dogs, and fireworks, but the militarism and the U.S. imperialism and the corporate greed, and as broadly assistant editor Leah Echafina declares, America has always been bad, no matter who the president is or was. But there are ways for conscientious lefties to observe Independence Day, and Afiti Afenti, whatever her name is, has an article titled, How to Celebrate the Fourth of July When America is a Constant Disappointment. This, of course, a tall order in 2018. Trump's election has worsened the qualities that make America particularly bad, racism, sexism, homophobia, the institutionalized manifestation of each of these. Like any good liberal, she suggests celebrating Independence Day by ruining everybody else. Her tips, tips include shoving petitions in people's faces while they're trying to enjoy time with their families because deporting kids who've never lived anywhere else should get on their nerves more. She advises that if you sense that you've been invited to a patriotic party, well, you'll be expected to wear red, white, and blue, and all but make out with America flag feel free to ditch it. One gets the sense, it's a whatever the fuck her name, doesn't get invited to many people's party or any but if you're planning a party, be sure to look at your guest list, because if the homogenous in race, gender, and sexuality, you should question why. Because nothing is more American than inviting someone because of their race to meet party quotas. A few other suggestions. Small talk sucks. Ask fellow guests if they're registered to vote, and tell them how to do that if they don't. Dishes aren't fun, but take one of the environment and avoid paper and plastic. Climate change is real, even if the present baggage to different. Reach out to your local mosque, Black Lives Matter chapter, LGBTQ set chapter, to see how they can use your help organizing or celebrating this fourth. Or see if they can send over some token members to fill out your party diversity quota. The notion of marking the fourth by annoying others with your politics isn't new. Last year, GQ's Jay Willis encouraged liberals to avoid condescending to the single most American of all the vaguely American-themed holidays, the ones that most readily lends itself to your most gluttonous cookouts, your coldest light lager, and your tackiest flag and or bald eagle and bosled tank tops that you, a functioning adult, should never purchase in the first place, and much less kept buried in your dresser drawer for this long. Willis wanted everyone instead to lobby their senator or health care plan. It's probably less festive than whenever you had planned, but it's the most American thing you can do. But that was last year. This fourth, the enlightened progressive, should ponder the true meaning of American patriotism as imposed to the maligned, distorted view of the propounded by Donald J. Trump. Former Secretary Clinton Secretary of Labor, Robert Reich, says Trump's patriotism centers on symbolic displays of loyalty, like standing for the national anthem and waving the American flag. 
as opposed by real patriotism that involves strengthening our democracy by defending the rights to vote and ensuring more Americans are heard, which doesn't include pushing laws that make it harder for blacks and Latinos to vote. Reich prefers patriotism in a bit more, Bolshevik in tone. Communist poet Langston Hughes expressed loving devotion to America because he wrote, Let America be America again, and the land that's mine, the poor man's, Indians, Negroes, Middle Eastern. He also quotes Woody Guthrie, This land is your land, this land is my land. All that's missing is a reference to unrepentant Stalinist Pete Seeger. Yes, believe it or not, to Reich being patriotic means being a good liberal. Historically, American patriotism has meant taking fair share of the burden of keeping the nation going. This includes volunteering time and energy to improve the community and country. And it has meant paying taxes in full rather than lobbying for lower taxes, seeking tax loopholes, or squirreling away money broadly. So there you have it. If you can even design to acknowledge this horrible country in this horrible time with a horrible president, and horrible Republicans, and voter suppression, and racism, and sexism, and people being mean to transgenders, and trees, and the climate, you can at least signal your virtue by raining on everybody else's July 4th. Hmm. Yeah. That sounds about right. That just sounds about right. That's kind of how these people are. They hate America. Everything is never good enough. We have to be something else. And right now the soup du jour is socialism. They just want us to go straight up socialism. Straight up socialism. So federal musket will let us lead us off into the let us off. God, I'm just brain dead today. The positives. I liked his tweet screen. I get super emotional every year when it gets close to Independence Day because I love this country so hard. Just bear with me. I think about those first farmers armed with little more than muskets and desire to live free. And I think about those patriots aboard United 93 who were armed with even less. I think about those 17 and 19-year-old men charging the beaches at Normandy and that small group of American Marines who quelled the Barbary Pirates. Think about those men who never returned from war they didn't want in Vietnam, and the ones who made it home to be called baby killers and worse. I think about the great American innovators and industrialists who carried this world into the modern age, and about my USAF pilot nearby neighbor who fly into places we can't even imagine. And I think about how I thank God every day that I was born in the greatest country he ever saw fit to place on this earth. In other words, believe your own story. People lauded him with, raise your hand if you're tired of people acting like we should apologize for loving this country and being proud. You'll have to forgive this editor. It's a little tough to write with both hands in the frickin' air. It was a joke. Somebody came back. Another one, I get emotional as well, but for the reason that I hit in country lotto when my parents decided to emigrate to the USA legally, how my parents assimilated and want to be good Americans. Hey, their accents are comedy gold for me, but that's why I love them. So we don't talk about what it used to be, what our morals and values used to be, and that's why this country became the great country it is. 
September 11th showed up. People didn't go run down and sign up. 15-year-old kids went to fucking World War II, dude. It was a different generation. I used to vote for Democrats back when I was younger. They believed in the country and being proud of the country. But we're in a time in our country that the media, Hollywood, every damn fucking Democrat you can get your hand on hates this country. And worse, they hate the people that live in the country. Everybody who doesn't think like them. I personally, on the worst day of Barack Obama's presidency, still love my country. I was disappointed in the direction we went. Hey, as a vet, it was hard to think the entire country during a time of war voted in a war protester. In 2004, they didn't do it. But in 2008, they did. And it was hard to acknowledge. But that was what the country wanted. And I realized at the end of the day, as much as I hated Obama's policies, how he talked to people, how he divided people up and put us all in individual groups to pit against each other so he can retain and keep power and enslave you to the government, my life really didn't change that much. It wasn't like my paycheck got less, that nothing really went crazy. Granted, my company that I worked for went out of business because of his policies, and, you know, that's just part of every president, go up and down, but that's the choice of whatever industry you went into, whatever they focus at in Washington. But my life didn't change. Somehow, some way, we've gotten to this point with liberals that when the president's not from your party, we have to shit all over the country. I don't understand that. And, and I still have to ask, what is wrong with saluting the country and loving the country and being proud you live here, regardless who's in charge, regardless of policies, direction? I think a lot of these people need to leave the country to see how good we have it. When they talk about how people are oppressed in this country, they, they've never been anywhere else to see what real oppression is. Because your little minuscule group doesn't get special special treatment, you call that discrimination now. Because, you know, hey, this week I could file a suit against the U.S. Post Office. I've yet to receive an email saying I got hired. And when I was interviewed, they kept on trying to get me to say what I was disabled for. Yet when you fill out the application and ask, are you disabled? And they ask you to show your disability. And they give you preferential points for being disabled veteran to work for the post office. But not the person that was interviewing me. She was freaked out about disability. She, she, I can't legally ask you, but what's wrong with you? No, granted, I'm not going to go do that. But... If I was a lefty, the U.S. Post Office is racist, sexist, some kind of ist. I, I just don't get it. It always goes back to what I've said a million times in my life, at least. If you hate this country so much, move. Go to fucking Canada 
They have a fucking Uber lib that you all jerk off to in the quiet of the night in Trudeau. They have policies that are Uber liberal. Go to Canada. Be a Canadian. You know, if that's what you want, go. Because between the coast, as much as you'll push for socialism and a, a severe strain of progressivism, we're never going to be that. This is a blue-collar, beer-gut-having, flag-waving fucking country. That's what we are. We're proud of America. We're proud when we put boot to ass on foreign powers. We, we, we're into that. Patton wasn't just talking shit. We're proud of that. We're proud of being the only superpower in the world. We're proud that when countries are in a pinch, we're the ones that go pull their asses out of the fire. I mean, all these countries you guys idolize, they wouldn't be, they'd all be speaking German right now. I hate to sound like that guy at the street corner, but it's true. So, I think there's got to be a point in a country that people have to let go of their politics to feel that they're okay. I get on this show once or twice a week and run my gums and freak out over shit. But when you really break it down, when I get off this mic, I'm not sitting there every second going, oh, doom and gloom. Obama's president. Our country's going to hell. No. My life is not dependent on who's in the fucking White House. My life is not dependent on who's in charge of politics in the state, whether they have a D or an R in their name. And at no time do I shun my country because we voted for the other guy or gal or it or whatever the fuck the left's going to put up now. So you normal Americans, and I'll say it again on the end, enjoy tomorrow. We're a great country. We're not a great country because of Trump. We're not a great country because of Republicans in the White House. We're a great country because of who we are, our ideals, our freedom of speech. And that we let people, unlimited people, immigrate here legally, like all our forefathers did. You still have more as a poor person here than you got anywhere else in the world. I've seen it with my own eyes. Come on. Apple pie, Chevrolet, and some motherfucking hot dogs tomorrow and have yourself a watermelon seed spitting contest. Put the politics aside. It's a great country. In four years, we'll have a Democrat and they can push everything to the far left and try to make us socialist. But between the coasts, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. And the coast will become more and more socialist and that's just fine. It won't affect Tennessee and that's good to me. Music break and a short news and social media nuggets. Tonight. So let us all give them a huge hand. If tomorrow all the things were gone, work for all my life. I had to start again Just my children and my wife 
thank my lucky stars to be living here today. Cause the flag still stands for freedom and they can't take that away. And I'm proud to be an American where at least I know I'm free. And I won't forget the men who died who gave that right to me. And I gladly stand up next to you and defend her still today. Cause there ain't no doubt I love this land. God bless the USA. From the lakes of Minnesota to the hills of Tennessee. Across the plains of Texas, see the shining sea. From Detroit down to Houston, and New York to LA, where there's pride in every American heart, and it's time we stand and say that I'm proud to be an American, where at least I know. Back to Flyover Politic Podcast with Tony Reed. This, this, is, this is something, man. This is this is our generation, man. All you people, we're all together, man. It's groovy. And dig yourselves because it's really groovy. Now it's time for news and social media nuggets. The crazy stuff that makes your host lose his mind. It's a whole new ball game on campus these days, and they call it PC. PC? Politically correct. And it's not just politics, it's everything. It's what you eat, it's what you wear, and it's what you say. If you don't watch yourself, you can get in a buttload of trouble. For instance, right see these girls? Yeah. No, you don't. Those are women. You call them girls and they'll pop your figs. Save the whales. Yeah, he's in the military now. Nobody knows the 
Yeah, I play Lee Greenwood just to flip off everybody from those previous articles. So, no military corner today. I will reference those vets from OEF or OIF. You can go to arlingtoncemetery.net backslash enduringhashfreedom.htm or iraqi-freedomhtm. And you can see everybody who's perished during these wars and are buried in Arlington including their plot number. It was forwarded to me by an army buddy, and I thought it was uh, very moving. It's called the Virtual Cemetery. So uh, I originally planned on reading names for this podcast, but, you know, I'll save that for Veterans Day. So we'll go straight in to crazy stuff. Not college crazy, but just plain old crazy. AMC Feminist Show airs two full minutes with violent porn background. AMC's new series, Deep Land, has been pretty adamant that women are victims in America. The show has gone so far as to excuse murder in the name of feminism. So I don't think the rest of the season can get any worse. However, that was before I found myself seeing violent porn on television for full two minutes. The July 2nd episode, Belly of the Beast, has Plum, Joy Nash, spending more time with the feminist at Calliope House, where she finds their odd behavior odd, and the members of the house keep slowly moving her to their side by proving how society is anti-woman. Most notable is a member named Sana, a chef, or whatever, was a burnt face falling on ass attack by her father. Throughout the episode, we also hear about a certain room in the house corrected by one of its leaders. It's described as the art project live-streaming the top 100 videos on Pornhub at any given moment to give a real-life snapshot of what's getting folks off. By the end of the episode, Plum finds Santa in the said room, immersing herself in gratuitous assaults and gigantic pornographic images projected over the entire room, and we bear unfortunate witness to it all. These are scenes of violent, hardcore porn, and we see glimpses of women being roughly pushed around and choked. The calliope of moans sounding disturbing, more like cries of pain. And they did all that to make a point? I don't understand these people. BuzzFeed News is our craziest thing I've read in a long time, for many reasons. Poll finds gay men and older LGBT people are most opposed to a brown stripe in the pride flag to represent people of color. Despite what you may think, the rainbow doesn't represent everyone, or so some believe. We're asking for a brown stripe to be added to represent LGBT people of color. And who could oppose that? According to a new poll, gay men and older, older LGBT people do. And it comes down to a lot of people saying, rainbows are brown, dumbasses, and black is not a sexual orientation. But when you're trying to out-virtue signal and you live in the world of intersectionality, it's hard when all this shit collides, doesn't it? Then there was Noah Michelson. Beware women who tell other women the answer to America's problem is for them to embrace and return to modesty and their rightful role in the traditional family. Family. This came from HuffPo. Shireen's solution to all these problems, a renewed focus on, if not fetishization of, the traditional family unit, marriage, courtship, and modesty. 
She apparently believes that so many of the problems that plague our culture could be solved if women just slowed back away from that any kind of sexual, and I would argue by logical extension, social and political agency, and then slowly back themselves back into the kitchen, preferably after first getting knocked up by their husbands. He then goes on that traditional family is a dystopian tale because they can't get off Handmaid's Tale. You know, there's a lot of women who just want to be housewives, and they're just as much women as those that storm around in pussy hats wanting to kill babies. I'm just saying. Next one, if you ask this, this sounds like a terrible solution to funding Planned Parenthood should the government finally decide they're done funding the baby butchers. To be fair, we applaud our efforts to kind of think alternative funding, but not like this. Sophia Benoy, a feminist. Make sure to Venmo request $5 from any straight man you give so much as a light, low-effort head to in the coming months, and then donate that straight to PPFA. He's rich, or his parents are. Obviously, ask for more money. And if he's cis straight man, should be the biggest PP donors of all. And yet again, they've been allowed to coast on being mediocre. Also, if your man isn't paying for half of your birth control, he isn't your man. And I am now your man. Everybody tried to point out to her she's talking about prostitution for women. Hmm. Hoe yourself out to kill babies. Okay. Washington Post, Seattle becomes the first major city to wait for it. Ban straws. They went all in. That's why I won't live on that side of the country. Nope, 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 nope. Another one that I thought was really funny, and I didn't want to put in the hypocrisy, so I put it back here. Derek Hunter on Outrage, Inc. There is a big push in the media, and that's why I put it back here, in the lefty stuff. Instead of a correction box, there is a push from the progressive left to have a justification box. So in the case of the Time Magazine photo, yeah, it's not true that she was actually separated from her mother. But it's justified because Trump did separate kids from mothers. See what they did there? It's what they do already, but this would give it journalistic integrity. Instead of just being an activist, they would actually be doing journalism. What's next, folks? What the fuck is next? I don't know. To non-crazy shit, Boeing unveils hypersonic 4,000 mile per hour airline capable of New York to London in two hours it is faster, will fly higher than the Concorde. And they're going to make it. It'll just be for rich people. But it's there. Then if you want to go low, submarines sent to find out source of mystery sonar noises off the U.S. coast. They thought they were going to find something. They found nothing. And they believe it is just oceanics below the surface. It's just basic rumbling from the earth. Here I was hoping it was an alien craft. Floating their boat. This is a real story. All aboard the torture ship. The world's biggest bondage and fetish boat orgy where hundreds of leather lovers romp the night away. Every year, the kinky German boat trip attracts adventurous BDSM fans around the globe. I'm not going to finish the article, but I will throw it out there. The pictures Literally gave me an erection, not an erection. Scared the fucking shit out of me. 
there were plenty of women in weird fucking fetish gear that could beat the shit out of me, and I don't know why you'd have to get off that. Gangster Redoin Fade, I don't think I said his name right, escapes French prison by helicopters with three armed accomplices using smoke and smoke to block the cameras. They flew the fucking helicopter right into the fucking yard, and he jumped on and bailed. That is some gangster shit. Then weird shit. Eleven bodies, ten of them hanging, found in a new deli home. Nobody could find out. It wasn't a mass suicide. It wasn't a cult. It was fucking crazy as shit. Mm. And that's a very abbreviated news social media nuggets. We're going to go into our lighter fare, and the first soundbite is going to be the Dim Darling. I could have played you uh, this week. I could have played you... Uh, Fricka Stay of the Union, Meet the Press, but instead, I'm going to play her on The View, a friendly crowd. She cannot explain the difference between socialist and democrat. to say to the voters, this is consequential. We'll do everything we can to protect you, voter. Democrats, on the other hand, they are likely going to have to try to pull out all the stops in an effort to hold this up, if that is what they want to do. And I do mean pull out all the stops. For the fabric of our our democracy, Democrats should dig in hard here and do everything they conceivably can do. Democrats pull this off. If they stay together, they fight this for the next four months and they win this. Fight as if the Constitution was at stake because it is. What can Democrats do to actually functionally push back on this nomination? Well, look, I I think that... well, we've been talking about on the show, I believe there's a fracture in the Democratic Party, and you consider yourself a Democratic Socialist, mm-hmm. Lenny Sanders, correct? Nancy Pelosi was asked about you, and she didn't exactly give you a ringing endorsement. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and you didn't exactly give her a ringing endorsement. Mm-hmm. Do you think that the future of the Democratic Party is socialism? Well, first of all, there's a huge difference between socialism and democratic socialism. Democratic socialism, and really what, what that boils down to me, is the basic belief that I believe that in a moral and, and wealthy America, in a moral and modern America, no person should be too poor to live in this country. And um, that's what I believe. And so I, I, th- I can understand that there may be some divisions. You know, I don't think people wake up in the morning and say, I'm a capitalist, you know? <laughs> and so it's funny that when I win, this is the word that's always so thrown I around. I think Donald Trump wakes up well, with that exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he may. <laughs> But do you think the future of the party is more Bernie than Nancy? I think that, um, you know, I think that for young people, I think the future, here's what I think. I think the future of the party is working class. And I think that what I represent and, and perhaps, you know, Senator Sanders, also Senator Warren, there's a lot of working class champions in the Democratic Party. And I do think that that's the future. But they can do with the word socialism all the time. Well. Wow. She's a hot fucking mess. But that's New York. What are you going to do? Then, of course, I had to put in here Ed Krasestein, who, once again, is a doxer, piece of shit, from CNN. He decided to be the latest guy to come out with the my four-year-old lying tweet. And his went, last night, my four-year-old son had a nightmare. When I walked in his room, he said, Daddy, I lost you and couldn't find you anywhere. I didn't know what to do. I was so scared. Lucky it was just a dream. 
for 2,000 kids at the border. It's a reality. If you're four-year-olds watching the news, you're an idiot. So John Podertz shot back. Danny, I dreamed, used me for a tweet. Luckily got him, luckily got him, it was a dream. For Krasistein, it's just another way to bilk you out of money. Microaggressions. Last night, my four-year-old son had a prediction. He said, Daddy, another guy on Twitter is going to post another BS virtue signaling antidote, supposedly about his kid. (laughs) Hail Razor. Last night, my four-year-old son had a nightmare. Daddy, I dreamt that people on social media fabricate imaginary children to advocate an ideological narrative with emotional-based arguments time to coincide with organized protests for maximum exposure. Luckily, it was just satire. (laughs) And lastly, Mike, a.k.a. Proof. Last night, my four-year-old son had a nightmare. When I walked into his room, he said, Daddy, the Democrats rolled back tax cuts and blocked Trump's originalist appointee to the Supreme Court. I didn't know what to do. I was so scared. But luckily, it was just a dream. You know, it's funny to read the rebuttals. But here's what's really happening. CBP, Arizona. Border Patrol agent rescues a six-year-old Costa Rican boy after he was abandoned by a smuggler on an Arizona border road during extreme heat. He was highly dehydrated. Highly. I mean, it's happening all the time. These people, whatever their intentions are, are throwing their kids with people they don't even know and hoping them they get to the border of the United States. Some of them 700 fucking miles. Which brings me to my last lighter fare segment. Me and the wife on Saturday went and saw Sicario 2, Day of Solada, which is Day of the Soldier. It shows what these people have to go through and how many filters and checks and people they run into and how the cartels are running some of this because it's more profitable to run people through the border and their channels they already have than a kilo of Coke. And I think a lot of Democrats need to go see that movie. That movie may be a fictional thing, but it's based on reality. These are the people these kids are having to deal with. Horrible human beings that are doing it for profit and leave people to die all the time. So some try to twist it in, well, that's why we should treat it. No. No. Nothing in our Constitution says we take every kid that shows up. Nothing in our Constitution says we need to take everybody who's going around the system. The framers never would have envisioned this. Somehow the Democrats have. So this wraps up a very chewed up, jacked up, low energy, I feel like shit, flyover politic podcast. Please feel free to share this with family and friends. Send comments or suggestions for segments by emailing foppodcast at gmail.com. Foppodcast gmail.com. You can get this show on SoundCloud, Podcast Addict, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, iTunes, Blueberry, and Stitcher. Remember to check out the Fly- Flyover Politic webpage at foppodcast.com, foppodcast.com. It's a theme. To see links to feeds of the show, links to our Facebook page, and to email us. Then you'll also see a link to every episode on the episode release page. 
I'm going to shoot for another podcast um, on Monday the 9th of July 2018. And I promise you I'll get a full night's sleep and I'll be way more motivated than I was today. But I promised a podcast, so I shot a podcast out. I hope every one of you have a glorious 4th of July with your family. At least get a little time with some fellowship. Fly your flags, blow up some fireworks, and for God's sake, be proud of the country. If your neighbor isn't, fuck them. The reality is, this is still the best place to live on this planet. And we are head and shoulders above freedom, equality, and the treatment of human beings than any country, even Canada, because Canada is getting rat-fucked by the weather. So, you know, they say they're free up there, but they're not free. They're fucking frozen. So enjoy your damn freaking 4th of July. Ignore the stupid, damn, don't turn on CNN. It's just going to hurt your damn feelings, because I'm sure tomorrow will be all America sucks. And tune in next Monday, the 9th of July, 2018, for a more motivated version of Flyover Politic Podcast. Until then, take care. Thanks for listening to this episode of Flyover Politic Podcast. Remember to check out our website at foppodcast.com. And remember, it's a short ride. Make every day count.